0: tuning you in now
1: to the lbX daily show
0: brought to you by the lbX collective
1: your community to connect engage and inspire now let's get ready to roll with your hosts Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley all right <laughs> like I don't know if it, if it did for everybody but like that just dropped right off and then like popped so the was okay, weird yeah okay yeah. that was weird for you too okay all right weird. well that's all right Well, uh, welcome to the Daily Show, everybody. We are excited. We got a couple of really cool things to talk about today. But first thing I wanted to talk about is a good friend of ours, Josh Liebman. He has written a book. It's called The Hospitality Mentality. And um, actually, oh, no, you know what? It's in my backpack. So I have it in my back. I was going to pull it out. I was going to pull out my copy. So I actually have a signed copy. But. We're so, so excited. Yeah. Look at that. Christine does too. Cause we were at his release party, at, you know, at, on uh, at IAPA Expo, uh, but he's, his book is uh, is actually now available for purchase on amazon.com. And um, you can also go to the hospitality com, fill out a little form there and you can buy a book and get a signed copy from Josh as well. Or you can just go right to Amazon and, Purchase through, you know, Kindle or your paperback or whatever, and you can check it out. So just go to Amazon, the hospitality mentality and give it a read. It's a fantastic book. Uh, He is uh, Josh is an expert in guest experience. And he's also the co-host of the Attraction Pros podcast as well. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, highly recommend listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. They go, uh, they, they dive deep with a different attraction professional every week on their show and typically release Tuesday evenings and Wednesday morning. So enjoy.
0: Awesome. Go oh, Josh, go. <laughs> Very excited for him. That's such an awesome accomplishment. Yeah. It's um, awesome.
1: He's, he's finally a published author. He's super excited about that. So
0: yeah, no kidding. Hey, it's a big deal. Big deal. I guess that that's on our bucket list. We both have to write a book now. Check. No. <laughs> not that I, that, I shouldn't have to, make it sound so simple. You know I, I mean? Yeah, it's
1: definitely not simple. So, yeah. you know, I'm not sure I have anything worthwhile to write down and say at this point. So
0: Exactly. That's that's my struggle. I really if I wrote a book, I'd want it to be super value and like have tons of good content in it. And right now you're right. Uh, Well, maybe after we develop this uh, micro theme park, we'll have something interesting to write about.
1: Um, Anyway.
0: Okay, I finally figured out what I'd like you to buy me for Christmas this year. (laughs)
1: because <laughs> okay. I know you were
0: planning on something. So <laughs> anyway, I just thought, uh, yeah, it might be fun if you, like we could get some reservations at these Willy Wonka Fun Suites that they have uh, going on in booking right now, right? They look so awesome and so cool. Uh, let's, uh, here, I'll pull this up. So right now, booking is offering um, these uh, Willy Wonka Sweet Suites. Now, they it's being offered at two locations, one Park Lane Hotel in New York City, you can see here on the right, and the other one at... Viceroy in Santa Monica and Los Angeles. And the reason why I pulled these pictures up actually is just because I wanted to show you that these are luxury hotels. So this is a luxury experience. All right. Now, um, they're what they're going to be doing is transforming, and I don't know if this is a room or a couple rooms or a bunch of rooms, into the world of pure imagination around Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Now, we all know what the film's about. It's um, it introduces audiences to a young and idealistic Willie who, um, who's fresh from scouring the globe to source the finest ingredients, and is determined to change the world through the enticing art of confection. Now um, that this is probably what this new movie is going to be about, but we all know Willie Wonka all about this chocolate factory and the golden ticket, et cetera, et cetera. So much fun, right? Now um, these sweets are really cool looking. So let's take some uh, take some pictures, and we'll pop them up here so you can see this one it's got the magical tree in the background all the different types of candies uh wallpaper the flooring's all done up um here's another picture of the tree um like real big candy cane lollipops and suckers and cookies in there uh here's another picture now you'll be surrounded um by all of these edible delights um there'll be wonka magic hat gummies life-size chocolate confections uh obviously the enchanted tree uh decadent chocolate bar bed adorned with marshmallows and surrounded by cotton candy clouds uh did i get a picture of that oh yes there we go (laughs) so i wonder if you can just reach up and grab some cotton candy and stick it in your mouth like is this all safe to eat (laughs) um anyway all these specially designed elements weave an exclusive in suite wonderland inspired by the film and promote the sweetest of dreams. Of course they do. Now the overnight stay includes airport transfers tickets to see the new Willy Wonka in theaters, uh, vintage destination posters, wallpaper inspired by the characters travels. So I'm not sure if that means you get to take wallpaper home with you, um, and candy inspired beverages and more. Anyway, the catch here is that these go on sale or they're going to be listed on bookings on December 13th, noon Eastern Standard Time. And I don't know how many there are. It's for one night only on December 15th. So seriously, right after you book it. (laughs) So I don't know if this is made for people in only New York and Los Angeles or people that can travel quickly to these locations, Um, but it would be a super cool place to stay and a really neat experience to have.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to know how much they're going for. So that would be interesting. Uh, I would imagine that to be quite a bit, just if they're going to justify all the effort for one night. But I, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about we've talked about a couple of these different hotel experiences in the past, and. Um, I don't know like these single nights, uh, you know, there's one there's a couple that were done around the Halloween period of time as well. And I just don't know how I yeah. feel about them. Like, I feel like it's a lot of effort. I, I, I would love to go. I'd love to stay there, but if, if like from a promotional standpoint, like first of all, one night, like that's not enough, like give me yeah. at least two nights, like, especially if we're going to go see the movie, I can bookend the, watching the movie, you know, with a stay at the Willy Wonka sweet, sweet twi- you know, one night and one night and see the movie in between. And so mm-hmm. I really get an overall experience and uh, you know, and like or like run this for a couple of weekends or something like that. Like you've gone through all that effort. Unless like there's a whole issue where if I am eating all the candy on the walls and everything else, like now they have to worry about sanitation for another guest coming wow. in like the next week, or they have to replace it all probably. So maybe it is something they can only do once.
0: So okay, so here's another little added fact is that the suites apparently are only gonna be twelve dollars and fifteen cents um as a nod to the fact that the movie's coming out on December 15th. So what this makes me believe is this is more just a marketing ploy than anything. Like, (laughs) I wonder if anybody actually can book the suites. Do you know what I mean? And it's just a way of like- Well, I'm
1: sure somebody will. I'm sure somebody will get it booked, right? Like somebody will get them booked, but Mm -hmm. it's just a first come first serve and be really interesting. So I'd love to, to love to find out if like they have a follow-up of like the people who actually were able to stay and what their experience was.
0: For sure. I agree with you. And let's, let, let's dig into this more and find out what this stuff is all about. Why are people doing, why, why are hotels doing this? What's going on here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's something there for sure. You know, Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what there is something we can, we can glean from this and mm-hmm. something that, that we should be thinking about in general. So anyway, all right. Well, so on the next thing we actually, you know, I wanted to talk about is, you know, we talk about mini golf on, on a regular basis. And for the most part, I tend to like rip on mini like pure mini golf places. And I don't mean like some of the high tech, like tech confused mini golf, like putt shack and puttify and some of those, like those are really interesting because they're more like entertainment areas, but like places that are just like classic mini golf. And that's all you are. Um, I kind of like just wonder how sustainable that is as a business model. But what I really like about what Evergreen Miniature Golf is doing, and I think a key here is I'll just pull up you know one of their things here. The key is that these guys, first of all, their location is key. So they're closed right now because they're based in Door County, Wisconsin. And in Door County, that's a high tourist traffic place. It's really it's somewhat close-ish to the Wisconsin Dells but this brings in, there's lots of nature. People are going up for cherry wine tasting and cherry festivals and all sorts of things. Like It's a really highly trafficked area. And I think in a scenario like that, a single attraction miniature golf place can be successful if there's a lot of tourist traffic coming in where you're not having to worry about repeat visitation, repeat play. That being said, what's interesting about these guys is they didn't just go ahead and build a really beautiful course amongst the woods. There's a creek that runs through it and some waterfalls, and they just really built a beautiful course. They also, spent a lot of time um building out uh, educational components and so th- as you're going and playing the course they are uh, they, they basically have a little placards to talk about the different types of trees and different types of plants and the they focus on conservation and sustainability and how you can get involved and they're like they're educating people while also playing miniature golf amongst the beautiful uh beautiful setting and then they have this pollinator pals program for kids where the kids can actually learn about the importance of pollinators you see obviously the monarchs there on those flowers and they can actually see the different types so they can you know there's a couple of other examples of some of the course but then here they can learn about the different types of pollinators that are there and they have like a little pollinator passport where they get to like look for these different types of animals and they can check them off as they see them as they're going and playing the course so uh, you know, Again, like I think that they're doing some really interesting things with education and bringing the kids really into it besides just playing the mini golf. The last thing that I thought was really interesting about these guys, and I've never heard of this organization, but it's called Access Mini Golf, and their course is 100% wheelchair accessible. And apparently there's an organization, like, if it's an official organization or just this, this loose collective called Access Mini Golf, where it's a listing of all the different Mini golf courses across the world, but then you know, also in the U.S., you can filter it by state uh, for all of the different mini golf places that are 100% accessible for wheelchairs, uh, people in wheelchairs. So um, I like that. And if you go on to accessminigolf.com, you can actually get a whole six-page PDF that has a listing of all the different mm-hmm. like like, in, like, 12-point fonts. There's actually a lot more of them than I thought that are fully accessible by wheelchairs. And so, um, yeah, that's pretty cool what they're doing.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome, actually. Um, And, you know, I can't remember the name of it, but in Canada, we have an organization that... Uh, also does that they list out all the attractions that are good for people with disabilities, and you can actually even get a card. So when you walk into the facility, a lot of facilities will give you um, a free aid ban because a lot of these kids or people have to go in with an aid. So if you have the card and you register for the program, your aid gets a free admission along with you to help support you with your experience there. And it's slipping my mind what it's called right now, but mini golf was all involved with that. We used to honor that program, and I just I just thought it was a great, uh, a really good thing to be doing and giving back to the community.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And I'll use this, I guess, as a quick little plug for next week, we're going to actually have a hot topic session on The Daily Show where we're going to bring in the executive director of IBCCES, which is an organization that is focused on training and and certification around um, basically helping organizations be uh, more aligned with, I guess, more inclusive and more aligned with those who have neurodiversity uh issues so um you know this would be autism and other neuro uh neurological uh diverse, neurologically diverse i'm trying to use some of the terminology we've learned um but neurologically diverse um uh, issues and so we are going to bring somebody on who's going to help talk about uh, some of those things and how to make our centers and you know our our staff more empathetic and more accessible and inclusive mm-hmm
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That's going to be a great time or good interview. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Um, Okay. Um, Gosh, I feel like I talk about that all day. I have more ideas in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway. Okay. So guess what? Apple's under fire, um, and this this might be its last Christmas um, selling watches, Apple watches in North America because they got a big old patent issue brewing. Um, anyway, let's get into the story a little bit. And now I'm going to be completely upfront. I borrowed this um, information from The Hustle. I just thought this was so interesting, and I am personally the owner of an Apple Watch, so I'm very, um, you know, this is an emotional issue for me. Don't take away my Apple Watch. They say like your alligator pie. Um, if anybody remembers that, anyway. Back a few years ago, um, this guy, his name is Joe Kiani, uh, developed the pulse oximeter uh, technology. So that's the that's the sensor in the bottom of the watch that reads uh, your blood oxygen levels. That um, Apple's now incorporated. Um, well, I shouldn't say they've incorporated his, but it, it's the same kind of technology, the same idea where it reads your blood oxygen and gives you a different readings into your watch. Um, anyway, his company, Massimo, developed this, and they've been using this tech in hospitals and on different high tech equipment. Right. Um, A few years back, Joe uh, felt very honored and was really surprised when Apple invited him to come into their offices to share what he was doing um, and what he was thinking and where his product was going, not thinking at the time that this tech might actually impact the Apple brand. But uh, Apple had another thing in mind. Uh, They saw the future Um, and they actually met with Joe again to talk about a licensing deal, but it didn't really seem to go anywhere and they didn't really seem to have a super amount of interest in it. However, interestingly enough, a month later, they hired away his chief medical officer. Oh, um, actually, I should show you. Here's a picture of Joe. There's Joe. Um, They hired, anyway, a month later, they hired away his chief medical officer and then continued to hire 20 more employees from his office. Um, And then they opened up new offices in Irving, California, right around from where Joe's offices were, just so that these people didn't have to relocate. Um, Anyway... As the story goes, seven years later, Apple released the Series 6 watch, which included the first blood oxygen tech, um, which Joe is now saying is his tech, um, which is super interesting. Now, Joe's got patents. He's fought off other technology companies and other people with his patents and actually won. But patent law is so complicated and it takes so long to actually um, get anywhere with it. He actually uh, found a loophole. So what he discovered is that Apple watches are manufactured in China and that gave him the opportunity to look at how uh, a trade ruling essentially. So he went to the ITC, which is the International Trade Center, and he was awarded a ruling saying that it was his technology and that Apple needed to stop importing these watches as of December 26th this year. So um, big win for the little guy. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, Now... As it goes, um, it sounds pretty dramatic and not really sure if it's really good to have this injunction in place for Apple. I mean, this technology actually does some pretty awesome things right now. Um, They do think that they'll probably end up working out a licensing agreement or that Apple will appeal and they will probably end up winning. But um, I thought it was an interesting story. Um, It's uh, actually kind of surprising that he was able to go that far and actually get that ruling. Not, you know, a a lot of the time do these little guys actually win that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's not surprising though. I mean, this isn't the first time Apple or any major tech company has done this kind of thing. So uh, now they probably could have just acquired his company and made things a lot easier. And maybe that's what they'll end up doing is just acquiring his his book of patents and his licensing, and then we'll be able to to, to keep moving forward. But like the Apple watch is too big of a deal. They're not going to stop producing it just because of this issue. So this is just a temporary injunction that's going to hold it up. And yeah, maybe you just won't be able to buy any for you know, your Valentine or whatever. So yeah, uh, it's definitely right. coming back. But um, all right, so we've got a new Slick City location opening up. So we talked about Slick City, gosh, probably... A couple of months ago on the show, and these guys are really cool. I like what they're doing. So first of all, they are opening in Katy, Texas. They're going to be 55,000 square feet, 11 slides, and a bunch of other air attractions. And there's, you know, course for basketball, volleyball, dodgeball. Of course, they're going to have their room for public, uh, for corporate events and birthday events. And they're even receiving 5,000 square feet dedicated for larger parties and events as well. And then for kids who are 11 and younger. There will be a four level soft play area with a special zone allocated for them, too, so that they don't get in the way of some of the the, obviously the big slides and everything else. But I just love what these guys are doing. And uh, they actually what what, this is the first time I've heard in the press release when they put out for this KD location, this is the first time I've heard of them calling themselves a waterless water park. So I thought that was interesting. Like their name is Slick Slick City Action Park. So they're calling themselves an action park. But now they're also calling themselves a waterless water park. And like Mm. I get what they're trying to do there. Like, hey, you can go down these fun slides without having to have water. I think it's a little bit misleading or erroneous, like, you know, calling that. But like they're even using, you know, Lazy River for one of the names of their slides going down and they've got the off ramp and the Royal flush. Like, you know, obviously some of these things are like very water park style slides that you're just riding the big wave. Like, so this is like clearly they're trying to lean into this waterless water park concept, the berm. And then here's the junior jungle for the longer ones within the long jump. So anyway, just some really cool attractions that they have here. And I think this is a brand to definitely keep an eye on and see what they're doing in the future for sure.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. I, I, think it's, I think it was brilliant of them to <laughs> link it up to a whole real life water park, like go and you don't have to get wet. So many people hate getting wet, get rid of the sanitary issues and all that stuff. I, I don't know. I, and I really want to go try it out. Those I want to know if they're actually as fun as they look. That's what I want to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that they're going to be at least, I mean, I love slides and water slides and like that kind of stuff. They're yeah. like quasi adrenaline inducing, but Uh, yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun to go check it out.
0: Totally. Totally. All right. You know, what else would be really fun to go check out is the new universal hotels at the Epic universe. So, um, it was recently just launched that these new hotels are going to be called, uh, Stella Nova and Terra Luna, and they're going to be decorated and designed based on space themes, which is super neat. So the Selenova is going to be inspired by distant galaxies, new stars and mysterious black holes. Well, Terra Luna Resort is going to be inspired by the massive and diverse planetary elements of the universe. And you can see the two hotels here. Um, We kept driving past them the whole time when we were in Orlando there uh, at the IAPA trade show. And I just kept saying, oh, my God, they're so gorgeous. Like it looks like they're covered in mermaid skin or this is what I would imagine mermaid, you know, scales and skin would look like. Um, Now, each hotel will have 750 guest rooms. Um, and it's going to be close to the Epic Universe. Um, here's some more pictures of the inside of these rooms. Oh, oh, this is the outside. You can see kind of some of the beautiful scaling that it's happening on the outside there. Um, so inside, you can kind of see how it's got that kind of spacey element and uh, the different themes throughout here. Okay, there you go. And then finally, here is a picture of the room, which looks, you know, very specified, we'll call it. Um, Guests at the hotel will get the same theme park benefits. So early admission, complimentary transport, um, and charging privileges, which I thought was super cool. So you'll be able to charge your phone anywhere um, on the Epic Universe or wherever uh, through um, Universal's uh, uh, different uh, products. Uh, City Walk and the current parks will be available via shuttle, but Epic Universe is actually walkable, they say. Now, um, these hotels um, are not going to be open until 2025. However, I went to take a look because I'm like, well, I wonder if I can book them for next year for the I trade show. And I was actually able to find them and do a booking. I didn't confirm it, but it looks like other people had actually booked. And I thought the prices were pretty reasonable, about $189 to $225 a night, which I don't know for a brand new hotel there. Uh, that seems like a really uh, great price. At least it's not like $500 or something crazy. Hey.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty standard price for Orlando hotels, especially around the convention center. Like that's what a Rosen or the Hyatt's going to be for sure. Um, you know, it, it, obviously the existence of Epic Universe will either do one of two things: drive up the cost of Vista K or, oh. or or actually drive it down because the increase in the increase in rooms in that area. So anyway, we'll see how how that ends up playing out for those yeah. of us who go to Expo on a regular basis and have to stay, you know, we like to stay in the Vista K that's across the street from the Epic universe thing, but that's a little bit inside baseball. For those of you, uh, if you, you know, if you're ever looking for a really great place to stay, you know, you can check out Vista K, but they certainly are uh, going to be increasing in cost. All right. Well that wraps us up. I did want to mention that we have our behind our doors uh, coming out tomorrow at 10 AM mountain time, and that'll be going live. And we will have Sebastian from Deserland showing us around. And so we had a great interview with him. We had a great tour. And so very much looking forward to uh, looking forward to that going live tomorrow at 10 a.m. All right, everybody, that's it for today's daily show. It's a CB and BW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass.
0: See you later.